Welcome to the Sansbury Show. There's nothing better than the sweet sounds of the Friday audio reel. You know what that means? Good. That means we're almost there, all of us. The weekend right around the corner. Can't more. wait. Twelve more, Fanto says. Twelve more times. This one's kind of already over, dude. We're down to 11, <laughs> this baby. One, this one's half over. Last one doesn't even count. Last one's the audio reel again. Ted. You got Ted, kid. How are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. I cannot start the program today without uh, extending a sincere thank you to uh, one Mr. Daniel yeah, Stansberry. Yeah, me. Let's pat me on the back pat a little. Pat him on the back a little bit. Stansberry's moving company. He came in clutch yesterday. Sure uh, did. I mentioned uh, the girlfriend bought a Brawny couch. I am. Yeah, he is brawny. That's, Strong uh, that's, how I I am. that's how I would describe him. He's like a bull. That's what he is. Yeah, you don't put a brawny yes. woman on that, no. on, that, on, that, on that stupid you, like paper towel package. You put me on. Put Stansberry. He'll represent the Adele fans. Um, um, so, girlfriend bought a couch yesterday. Uh, Dude, you're such a. <laughs> I went out and uh, I went out and had to go pick it up. And I'm obviously only one man. I can't do that by myself. Yeah. So I asked my only friend, Stansberry. I'm like, Stansberry, yeah. can you help me move my couch? Put some buddies there. <laughs> and luckily, I did it on the air where you couldn't say no. Yeah. Like, and that was my plan, dude. I knew if I asked you in private, really? I didn't. I didn't crack that <laughs> code. You'd be like, oh, dude, I don't know. I got stuff going on this got, afternoon. You know, I, I gotta get to the driving range. <laughs> I don't know if I got the time for this. Uh, so we took the rock one. 69 urban assault vehicle took it out to Bargmax and yeah uh, we had to break the the brakes free because the thing hasn't moved in six <laughs> years but like once once we once we got the wheels loose we were able to take it yeah so got it loaded up got it unloaded in the house uh got it all put together and kind of the living room at least somewhat put back together before the girlfriend got home from work so she was very excited and uh, honestly man thank you so much for uh for giving me that hand yesterday. happy to do it Nathan Rod tweets in already good and early this morning he says that was a good audio reel this morning good. feeling good yeah, and Corey says if you guys want to ever wanted to phone it in one day you could totally loop the friday uh, audio reel for hours Just that whole thing. is Keep great going stuff. now here's why i read those because my boss hates it my boss hates that why do you make people wait for you to come on the radio he hates it and it, this is one of those things in time say, where right and everybody help me say the oh god this is one of those things where the creatives are right and the shirts aren't. And it's like, you know, greasers and socias just don't get along. They just don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just don't. So there'll be a tap dancing showdown in the hallway. But, like, it is one of those things where it's like the creatives are right and the bosses just can't hear it. It's much like when everybody told Seinfeld, your show is will never catch on. People don't want a show about nothing. Turns out, still one of the most successful sitcoms ever. That's why you just got to trust in your process and what your plan is. You can see the end. Boss can't see it. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And thank you guys for showing some support. You know, I want to touch on the boss just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Stansberry with molestation charges. Sexual yeah. harassment. Stansberry touching on the boss. Let me feel him up. <laughs> Gross, dude. No. So we had a meeting yesterday in the building, okay? okay. And I like when that happens. I uh, I like the meetings. I know a lot of people get annoyed about going, but I feel like everybody together in one room talking about the plan, no miscommunication, is beneficial. Um, certainly here, I, I will agree with you. Uh, there are times in my life where I despise meetings. Oh, I'm uh, sure there are people going into work right now who have a meeting today that is not necessary. And that's, dude, I think one of the biggest wastes of time at any office and one of the most frustrating things to be in as a non-presenter uh, of the meeting is the pointless meeting. And, and so many people are guilty of it. Like, oh, well, we'll just have a meeting and everything will be better after that. If you don't go in there with a problem and walk out of there with, with a, a solution, solution, what did you just do? I, what what, what do we do? I would agree. But we need more meetings in this building. And yesterday's meeting was a total, 
example as to why. Because nobody in this building has any idea how to be in a meeting with their boss. Nobody. I couldn't believe it. What do you mean? I walked into that meeting yesterday, and everybody's got their cell phones with them. Everybody. And I said, why would you bring... First of all, here's what's happening. There's a new guy in our building. There's like a new like sheriff in town, like head of sales. And he's a, you can tell he's like a young up-and-comer for the company. And like you can tell he's being fast-tracked. It's real like, shiny badge. Right. Yeah, the sheriff's yeah. got a real shiny badge, a white hat. He looks good, man. We like this dude. Yeah. This dude This dude is iHeart certified, yeah. right? And yeah. so, like, we, Bobby Bones yeah. style right there. Yes. You can Secret's tell. Out. He, he's the Bobby Bones of sales. Yeah. And you can totally tell it. And I'm happy to have him because we kind of need it, right? Sure. And so, like, I'm open arms. So this is, like, the first time everybody's, like, getting in a room with him. And everybody brought their cell phones. And I was like, oh, my God. Except for your boy Stansberry. I knew better. And so I, so I make the joke about it initially. I'm like, why did you all bring your cell phones into this? We're supposed to be paying attention to this. You've never met this man. And perceptions and, like, you know, first encounters, they weigh heavily into how your business life will, will you know, interact and how that whole thing will unfold, right? So I kind of say that to kind of let people know, okay, maybe I should put this thing in my pocket. And now... I'm not going to call anybody out except for the guy who was sitting directly next to me in the meeting. Because everybody, I started then paying attention. Everybody did a pretty good job of not messing with their phone during the there's, meeting. There's, so, there's phone etiquette like when you're in something like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think most people are looking at you like crazy that you have it, but how what you do with it from that point on is, is kind of the... Uh, I guess my point is most people don't, don't have the self-control for the etiquette. Okay, so the guy sitting right next to me after I've said something about it now two, three times doesn't shut his ringer off. The phone goes off 15 times in this meeting with this guy that none of us have ever met. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, how could you not know? that you shouldn't do this. And I was like, this is why. This is this is exactly why. Like, more meetings need to happen because we don't even know how to properly do it. Right, yeah. I mean, don't even know how to mind our manners during the meeting. It's like sitting there. Well, you know. It's literally a bunch of apes throwing feces at the glass is what that looked like yesterday. And I couldn't believe, I was embarrassed. I was like, I cannot believe the way this is happening right now. Couldn't believe it. I was like, how do I, so I'm the guy that knows. Right, I'm the one that everybody kind of like. Hey, Stan's kind of an idiot, blah blah blah. But I'm the guy that knows to do that. Couldn't believe. It. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, there's 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 obviously a uh, a line there where you, you you need to make it not a distraction. It's dude, I think it's like it's pretty much like the common sense of a 16 year old, where it's right. like, okay, you have your phone in class, but keep it in your pocket. There's but if a huge, I pulled out, I'm going to get accused of cheating. There's a huge difference there, and and you're, and you're right, dude. When you have email alerts going off, and you have ringers going off, and you have all those different things, it's not like it's hard to turn it's your a- phone. Flick of a switch. Right. And I, it's, it's like, not I a was, challenge. I wanted to beat him to death with my legal pad because I couldn't believe it. Because this is a guy who's been employee of the month. <laughs> here we are. And he it is, all comes back and here it is. This man has been employee of the month and doesn't know to shut his phone off in an official work meeting. By the way, this is not me. Just no. so everybody knows. No, 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 no. This, this was not me. No. No, but absolutely have, not. But, I'd be jumping up and down on you right now. But I have been employee of the month. Just want to throw that one out there too. Let him know. He has been employee of the month. I don't know how that happens. I, I will say as a whole, yesterday I walked out of that meeting, or that meeting feeling pretty good. Yeah, I feel amazing yeah, right now. I feel I, I felt like, pretty good after that. It's and that's uh, hard for me. Like anybody else, all right. 
you get to the point at your job where you can get complacent. Now, we still put on a good show every day, but there's probably some things outside of the program that we're not as buttoned up on as the first day when we got here because that's welcome to life. That's what happened. Right. So they brought this guy in partially for some of that, too. And it's like, I did. I, wa- I got in my car yesterday and I drove home and I felt motivated about working here. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like things might be really good. It's a winner right there. Things might be really, really good. And because honestly, again, this is why you shouldn't judge books by their cover always. I know you can do it, but not always. It's like at first look, you might have looked at this new guy and been like, oh my God. But like when he started to like lay out his plan, it was like, oh, this is well thought out. This is smart. I can tell that you've implemented this somewhere else, have seen success with it, and so the company was like, yeah, go whip that into shape. I'm all for it. Cannot wait. Is he up and listening right now? I probably. (laughs) Well, there's a podcast, and you know what I mean? The entire company listens. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I like him. As a matter of fact, dude, you can live in my house if you want. You can live in my house. All right. um, Cord cutting has become this huge thing that's happening, and I'm about to cord cut, and I'll tell you why next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Mike from Buzzbin as he's putting on the Lots of Music Festival. And so we've invited Mike in, kind of give you like a rundown of what's happening, who's playing and what. And I am going, I don't know if I'll be able to make this happen. Okay. But I know about something that's happening at Buzzbin a little later this summer. And they're not ready. He has not made the announcement yet. But I'm going to push Mike to see if I can allow him to uh, maybe break the rule and make an announcement at 9 o'clock. Debuting there. On the program. Breaking because, news. dude, I, yeah, I've heard about this because it's a, one of my buddies is going to be playing Buzzbin. Okay. And they haven't not made the announcement yet, but he told me, he's like, yo, dude, my band's going to come down. We're going to be playing down there. And people are going to be excited about it. It's a pretty big band. If you're into the metal scene, this is a pretty big band, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, Mikey, uh, he's making things happen in downtown Canton tonight. I, tonight. I've been saying, and I want you know what, I'll ask him this today. It might be him. I don't know who his booker is currently, but Buzzbin has been stepping up their game. No question. I mean, um, lots of music festival, which is next weekend, features Green Jelly, which is the headlining act. Everybody's really excited about that. I don't know if you've ever heard of Andy D. Yeah. Andy yeah, yeah. D's awesome. He's going to be there, too. And tonight, First Friday. Doesn't feel like it, but tonight, First Friday. So, uh, downtown Canton should be owned and popping. Yeah, I, wish, I wish I could make First Friday. I can't. What you got going on? Uh, I, um, un- well, not unfortunately, but I have to go up to the Agora and work uh, uh, this evening. The state champs are playing, and it's uh, apparently the millennials love them. State I've, champs. They're not really my thing, but they're playing the theater. I hear tickets are selling well. I don't even know if I've ever heard of these dudes. So, um, you know, you know my take. On, you know, people ask me all the time, who's playing? I'm like, dude, I don't even mm-hmm. open the schedule like that. They tell me the days they want me to work, and I show up, and I don't even care. I just, you know what I mean? It's just, I just like being there, just like working. State champs. So, yeah. I thought Jackson Polar Bears maybe were going up there. So I may cut the cord. I want to get that to you here in a second, but okay. I but I do want your opinion on this. All right, all right. So All right. I'm uh, I'm going out with somebody tomorrow evening. Okay. Okay. We've decided on basil for dinner. Nice. And good choice. So she says to me the other day, and I don't have a problem with it. She's like, hey, she's like, you know, my friend and her boyfriend kind of want to go, and I was like, okay, cool, that's totally fine, you know, whatever. Okay. And they all live. I don't want to call it far, but not close. Okay. 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 And it's about you know twenty five minutes. Okay. And which isn't far, but not no, no, close. no, no, no. Okay. But she says to me, she goes, you know, if they drink too much, would it be all right if they stayed? 
So this is already like predetermined. Like booze is going to happen, and now a bunch of people are now spending the no. night in my apartment on Saturday. Are you are you friends with these people? Have you ever met? These I have people? never met this couple. Mm. I know the I have known the woman that I'm going out with on Saturday night for a while. Okay. I've known her for a while. I trust her judgment. Okay. I trust in her judgment not to be like, yeah, I'm going to bring these two people in. You're going to wake up and all your stuff's going to be gone. Like right, I, right, I trust right. it. I trust her enough in that. But it, I did think it was still yeah. like a little weird. In the uh, world of Lyft and Uber, I thought it was still a little weird. I was going to say, this sounds like, and it, obviously it's not, but it sounded like for a second there that this was going to be like some sort Forsome. of like, well, no, not foursome. Like, no, like Stansberry ends, ends up tied up in his in his basement or in his, his closet, shoved in there, and all your stuff gets stolen. So I'm glad that's You not, had me at tied up. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that's not the case. Um, Yeah, in the land of, or in the times of, of Lyft and Uber, I don't. I don't get it. I, I and you already know this woman and trust this woman and have like a, a an existing relationship. Yes. So it's not like she's going into to this with the mindset of I need a chaperone because I want to make sure I don't know this dude and I want to make sure I don't get my head chopped no, off. Right? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I. I. I to me, no. That doesn't feel. Right. I don't know if I would feel like, yeah, come on, and you can sleep where? Here's the other thing. I hear that the couple has only been together a very short period of time, like two months. So it's like, are you guys going to get drunk and inappropriately fight? Like, is that what's going to, you know what I mean? Is that what's going to happen? Because, dude, you know what their big plan is? This is what their big plan is. They were like, dude, none of us know Canton. You obviously do. But they were like, um, you know, she was like, you know, Asian food would be good. I was like, oh, sure, basil yeah, would basil. be it. I was like, dude, I was like, I got like one of the best places in the world for that. We'll 10 out of basil. 10. 10 out of 10. Absolutely. We'll totally go to basil. We'll make that happen. And she says then to me, she goes, and I don't want to give out the girl's name, but she was like, you know, my friend kind of wants to go to a strip club. And I was like, well, you know, Gatsby's right around the corner from my house. Diamonds Men's Club's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, we got like we got plenty of those. Like, yeah, you know, we'll, no we'll definitely be able to make that happen. I was like, why don't we hit a few regular bars in between? If we, Let's uh, not go, just go from swanky Asian into... Stanky well, Asian. No. What you want to do is you want to go from basil and then you're probably going to hit a regular bar. Then you're going to go kind of down the ladder of strip club classiness. You're going to engineer the hot laps, dude. It's going to be awesome. Like, I've never been to hot That's laps. what I'm saying, dude. I think that's probably the Canton strip dude, club that you so, need to. Somebody take me to hot laps. Well, dude, tomorrow night, take her to hot laps. Part that's of where problem, our business meeting should have been yesterday. <laughs> part of this problem, it seems to me. Give me the hot laps. Um, is that you. Uh, I don't want to say. You kind of have expectations of this. It seems like her expectations feel to be a little bit different. So, what do you mean? Well, it just feels like oh no, it feels like she's building in and out. You know what I'm saying? By having friends, by having friends with her, by by, it just feels like we can get out of here if this doesn't go well. Yeah, it feels like good. I like it. It feels like she's throwing (laughs) no, I like it. Like she's throwing roadblocks in the way or something like that. I don't know. Oh, build all the outs you want. (laughs) No, if what ends up happening is that I wake up Sunday and there's nobody in my apartment, the dude. Take all the outs you want. I hate to say that, but when, it, when we're talking about people I don't know, yeah. I mean, dude, what if we're midway through dinner and I'm like, oh my god, I, I hate, hate this person. These I hate this guy. This guy's awful. It very well could happen. Now I can get along with most people. Yeah, but then they're in your house. You can get along with most people at the bar. You know what I mean? But then when they're in your house and preventing you from having sex, it's like, I mean, some of well. my best, and, and not even just down here. Even when I lived back up in Cleveland, wherever where all my friends like were and pretty close to Lakewood and all that stuff. Do more often than not, do most people don't make it inside my home? 
Like I've had, I dude, I have friends, like people who would tell you, oh yeah, dude, that's one of my best friends who have never been in any one of my houses because I'm just that way. I'm just like, yeah, you stay away from here. Yeah. I'm just, just who I am. Now I used to host like after hours parties when I was a little younger at my place in Lakewood. And yeah, I mean, we kind of tore it up there a little bit and this and that, but like more often than not, I like to go out to do things. You're, you're, I, I don't want people in my, I don't like people in my space. I'm not crazy. About you're going to be, it's going to be the end of the night and you guys are going to be leaving hot laps and you're, and you're Ubering back to, uh, you're Ubering back to the Casa de Sands, Dude, you're promising me hot laps. I better I'm get it. I'm you right now, hot laps, place to be. I better get it. Tonight and every night, hot laps, baby. First one's free hot laps. Come pay your boy. Come pay your boy. <laughs> yeah, that might happen. Yeah, I'll send that message to the new boss. Interested in endorsing hot laps. <laughs> Um, I so need my lap's otter. So you guys are going to be coming back from hot laps. You're going to go back to your apartment. Stansberry's going to be like, finally, it's going to happen. I'm going to have sex. And you're going to be in your bedroom with this chick, and then you're going to hear them out in your house. You're going to hear them in your apartment. You're going to have that little thought in your head, oh, no. somebody is in my living room. Erectile dysfunction. And then all of a sudden, dude, you know, it's just going to, you know, the, the, the smallest push can just lead to the, to the greatest downfall, and Stansberry's penis is just worthless. Yeah, dude, you hit 40, stage fright happens a lot. You know what I mean? He's like, no, I'm not going out there, man. I'm going to fall flat on my face. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. All right, so I am going to cord cut, I think. Okay. All right. I um. So I went home yesterday uh, after the meeting, which, by the way, there were three pizzas in that meeting, and your boy did not have not one slice of pizza, ate the salad. Nobody gave me credit on that kind of one. Yeah, well, you know, is this the official uh, shutting it down, shutting the mother down? Is this... I, I don't know about official and okay. non-official and this and that. It's just like, here's what happened. So, like, I bought a bunch of clothes last year to go to Oregon. Yeah. And I went to Oregon, and I didn't wear it all. When I got home, a bunch of it still had the tags on it. So I tried some of it on, and it's not, I can wear it. But I'm about five pounds away from wearing it. Looking like you're wearing your little brother's yeah, shirt. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, eh, so I got a, like a 10-pound pile in the corner. I was like, yeah, lose the 10, and then we can dip into this pile. All right. And it's made me realize, like, okay, I don't need to go overboard. No. I don't, You know what I mean? I'm near the end of my life. I probably got a hot 10 years left in me. You know what I mean? Like, let's just slim down just a little. Let's not sweat like snack cakes out of the bores, <laughs> and we'll probably be okay. But, uh, you know, this cord cutting thing, I've okay. been thinking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And for the record, I do have one of those, like, jailbroken fire sticks. I hardly ever use it because they're not honestly stable enough and things are shaky cammed and, like, all this stuff. So I right. don't use it enough or use it. I Like, it hasn't made me. That's not going to be the thing that makes me cut the cord. I know somebody's going to suggest getting one of those. Already have Cody. It's not good enough to cut the cable. It's okay. not. Okay? But there are only a handful of shows I watch anymore, Game of Thrones being one of them. And I'm going to keep my cable through Game of Thrones. But like one of my favorite shows came back on television Wednesday night. And I was all excited to watch it on my DVR yesterday. Okay. Archer's back. Okay. And it was horrific bad. I mean, it was a total letdown. Now, Fantone will tell you Archer's been bad for about two years. Yeah, you and I kind of disagree there. I kind of like was still a fan up until all the way through last year. But the season premiere was Awful. I haven't watched it yet. I do have a DVR waiting for me, and I'm sure this afternoon or this weekend or at some point I'll yeah. You should uh, watch get, it, but I'll, it's not good. I'll, I'll get into it. <laughs> you're going to hate it. Um, I kind of read a review of the season, and a big part of it is is it goes a little bit more serious, a little bit less humor involved. In which, why are you doing that to Archer? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I feel like, but. Uh, <laughs> A part of that show is like the the nod to the you know to the filminess of it to the cinematic feel of it and you have to embrace that because that's a part of what makes it different that's a part of what makes it special it felt so bond-esque because it was very 
you know, if they took it more seriously than a cartoon does right, normally. Right. So I think that's a big part of that show. But if you're not going to, it was bad. If you're not going to embrace the humor just as much, it is going to turn into like, well, what am I watching this for? I mean, it was an exercise in in like being. Yeah, up, up its your own, own ass. ass. Yeah. yeah, up your own ass I, a little bit. I thought Archer Vice was good ish, and then after that, it's just kind of like, guys, this what are we doing here? Dreamland, where they go back to like the forties, and he's like a PI in the forties, and honestly, and now here's the new thing because. TV networks and TV shows and executive producers know we can't put our phones down. The whole thing is, take out your phone, download the Archer PI app, uh, snap pictures of your TV, uh, and solve cases from your couch. And that's when I was uh, like, you know what, dude? This whole thing now, I want a show so good, I don't pick up my phone. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what Game of Thrones is. When that's on, I was like, nope, this is good, this is interesting, well-written, phone's in the pocket, I want to know what's happening here. This show so good, it's like a business meeting for Stansberry, not even bringing his phone to the party. Um, Archer, right. Archer ran into a very big challenge, and I think you could almost point to this and say this was the jumping of the shark, or this is where things started to happen for them. Archer started off, and their their spy agency was called ISIS. ISIS, and right? Along the line, ISIS became ISIS terrorists, and it was like, uh, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, and it was just it, it threw that show for a loop, and all of a sudden they had to start introducing like, well, we're not this anymore. Now we're a different spy organization, or now we're a different. They like drug lost runner, their agency, so, and, and then yeah, it, it turned into something that, I don't know, it just it, it lost a little bit of its identity. There. I love that character. I love the idea for that show. I love all of that. I grew up on Get Smart. Love that show. I love all that stuff, right? So I like the idea of all that, like because that's obviously what it is. It's a little bit more like rude and blue Get Smart. And it's just all good things run their end. Course, I'm worried dude. about this season of, of Game of Thrones, too, of to be honest with you. But, like, you can buy an HBO subscription now and don't need ca- a cable provider to have it. I have Netflix, and so, honestly, man, I think I'm just done. And I'll say this. I was never one of these people that bitched about Time Warner Cable. Never. I always had really good luck. But they switch companies, and my DVR now is a mess. Like, if I open it, it doesn't automatically go with the one that just recorded. It's like, oh, no, that's the one from three weeks ago. Like, oh, my God. Like, they messed with things in the DVR, and honestly, I, I like, hate it. And so I, I, I want out. I think I'm going to, dude, I think I'm going to take out the scissors, there it chop is. them right in half. You know you can't just cut the cable and stop paying, right? That's not how it works. <laughs> well, then somebody better come up with a better description of how I'm supposed to do it, because that was my whole plan. We do have UFC watch party tickets. That's UFC 210. That's going on Hard Rock Roxino. That's tomorrow. We'll get you hooked up with those around 7 o'clock. We'll talk to Mike from BuzzBen. 9 o'clock and 9.30, you're getting hooked up with Chris Rock tickets. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. She got into her vehicle, put it in drive. Didn't get very far as Maslin cops were able to pull her from the car. They ordered her to calm down, but she fought back, resistant, tried to fight them. They told her several times. We are going to tase you if you don't calm down. She didn't care, continued to resist and fight. They used the taser on her to subdue her, and this would be scary for cops, as it had no effect on the woman whatsoever. She was then taken to the, to the ground, multiple officers I'm hearing, handcuffed, and then driven to Affinity Medical Center to be evaluated. But they tased this woman, and it didn't stop her. Was this a faulty taser? or like My guess is I've heard this before with men that are big. Like, if you get, like, a WWE guy, like, I've heard, like, if you tase those dudes, they can just yank them right out of their chest. Some guys or some people are too big. Now, I'm not, you know, trying to be like, yeah, she was a huge fat ass, and that's why. But we've also seen this with certain drugs in your system. You get, like... 
I don't know what they call it anymore. Back in the day, it was like angel dust, and like you start, you know what I mean, and you have like all that energy and all that, and you're just ramped up sure. that, that the taser won't won't stop you, and you can keep coming at them. So maybe it was drugs. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess one of those three is, is is has to be a part of the equation. Either she was so drugged up, she was so big, or it was a faulty taser. And I, I guess you know, I could like, have been a combination of both. I, I'd like to know which 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 in that case it is, because I mean, honestly, if cops have faulty tasers on them, that's dangerous for everybody, citizens yes. and cops. Citizens and cops alike, man. There needs to be a a a a, a standard when it comes to the equipment that they're using. The highest standard, like you have to be able to trust your taser if you're pulling it off your hips. So. Well, I think it's just one of those things, though, that like everybody's body chemistry is different. Your makeup's different. Like, yeah, I, and I, drugs will affect you different. Things will affect you different. But if you're putting major voltage into somebody, I, I you know, outside of, you're right, a, a, somebody who's so big, if you, if you tase Brock Lesnar and it didn't affect him, I guess, okay, because that's an exceptionally, an exceptional yeah, case Yeah, Brock Lesnar's aren't walking down the street every day. Right, but it, it, to, to me, that's just, it, 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 why, why didn't that work? It's just, you know, I, I thought about this and I was like, you know what everybody says, take the guns away from them, just give them the tasers. And it's like, well, yeah, no. That one out of a hundred no. times, though, like if this woman had a gun, that probably ends poorly. Oh, and I mean, I, I, that's a very, it's a very idealistic thing of right. oh well, if we just use non-lethal force in every situation, because no, there's obviously situations that police officers deal with on a regular basis that lethal force is necessary, absolutely not, necessary, not, not every time, but there's going to be those cases. So, but at the end of the day, I, 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 my biggest concern on this is like, dude, I hope their equipment's working. I hope that bulletproof vest is really bulletproof. I hope that. Taser yeah. fires when it fires and when it's supposed to fire and how it's supposed to fire. I just, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I was trying, and I can't do it because I've never done the job, but right. I was trying to put myself into the officer's position. And right. I was like, if I pulled my taser, pointed it at somebody, pulled the trigger of it, and they kept coming, I'd be like, well, now I have to. I mean, they didn't, but I'd be like, I kind of have to shoot you, right? Like, you're using non-lethal force for a reason. I mean, that's but why I'm not a tough, cop. Right, you're in a, t- a tough spot there. That's no a judgment call. Right. And, I, and I'm willing to bet that part of the reason they didn't pull an actual weapon, they just tried to tackle her and they got her handcuffed, this and that, was because of that. And you know what? Shout out to Maslin PD. Because this story could be totally different. We could be in here going, well, I mean, they shot her, but did they really have to? Did they really have to do this? And was their life really in danger? And now we don't have to second guess them because they tased her and then they just took her to the ground, handcuffed her, and then they got her in the prison. So you know what? Shout out to Maslin PD for getting that done, getting it done right. Seems like everybody's going to stay alive at the end of that altercation, which is what we all want. We want whoever was wrong to face a judge. You know what I mean? Not a cemetery. And we're going to get to see that and turns out, I, I would imagine, all Maslin cops are going to be able to keep their job there. We did lose a legend in his field. We'll run down a little highlight reel of him next on the Sansbury Show. Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Mark writes in and says, hey man, will you let people know the roads in northern Wayne County are a little sketchy? Yeah, absolutely. We will, Mark. Uh, thanks for sending that in. We appreciate that. Uh, there was a lot of, hey, dude, it's winter weather coming, and I was okay in Canton, but I think as you kind of get a little outside of here, it's it's a little bit worse. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, it's not so bad where I right. live, and, uh, and my ride-in wasn't that bad, but um, yeah, I'm hearing there are other areas, so apparently Northern Wayne County. Well, and we've been in the studio for the last two hours. You That's know what true, I mean? too. A lot, a lot yeah. can change when you're sitting in the radio studio. Also, there. not that many people on the road when I'm on it. Right. Uh, listeners are very curious. Are we going to, he's, you know, this guy asked me, are you going to avoid topic A with, with the airstrikes over Syria? And here's what I'm going to say about this. Obviously, I know what happened. But I'm not necessarily sure. And again, topic A is like the big story of the day. But I'm not sure why everybody thinks this airstrike is topic A today. 
We've made airstrikes every day for six years. Obama bombed the living crap out of that region, and everybody pretended that he didn't. Last night, dozens of bombs were dropped, and over the course of 2016 alone, the last year of President Obama's administration, he lit them up. 12,000 is right. the number. 12,000 bombs. But the, 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 I mean, the key difference is, is that this was like a Syrian government air base. The, 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 and that's, that's kind of like the, it does the, change the, it a little difference changes it a little. And I guess now Syria is now coming out and saying that this makes us a partner of the Islamic state. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little bit of a sticky it, wicket. It, this is already the most complicated area in the world. This is already such a, just field of McCoy, a, man. A, well, it's just a cluster F dude. You're not and fixing it, it. But, well, and it's from a million different. It'd be nice if it was two. Uh, two My groups. God's right. Your God's it, wrong. It'd be nice if there were just two groups fighting each other here. But this is this is dude. You've got you've got Russia. You've got Syria. You've got Turkey. You've got you've got the 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 rebels from the Syrian army. So it's obviously a very sticky situation. I mean, I, and it's all I, over madness. I, when I woke up this morning, no, you pray this way. When and I if woke, you don't, we're bombing you. When I woke up this morning, it's insanity. And obviously, this is just such an American thing to do. The first thing that I thought was like, dude. Social media is going to be insufferable. And yep. I know that's like the ultra American thing to do. There's kids dying from chemical attacks and there's World War III is about to start. And the first thing I think is like, God damn, Facebook's going to suck today. Like that is the first thing I thought. Yeah, me and too. I, I mean, it, it, and I guess there's a little bit of me that's like, well, dude, come on, take things more seriously. But there's a little bit of me that's like, dude, I just want to stick my head in the sand about this right now. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about attention. it because everybody wants me to pat Trump on the back for being heavy with the weapon. Everybody wants me to pat him on the back because, look, he's he's taking a hard line. He's strong. And like I said, all Obama did was bombs over Baghdad, dude. That's all he did was cranking up that outcast and dropping bombs. And what did we do? We called him a pussy. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. All we did was call him a pussy. Oh, you know, he doesn't say the words I like. And I was totally guilty of that. But when you go back and look at the facts... All he did was drop bombs. It was it was noted when uh when when Trump was dealing with the president of Jordan, there was no mention of Islamic terrorism, radical Islamic terrorism either. And it's like, well, if you're going to say it on the campaign, but you're not going to say it to the king of Jordan, like, oh, is that true? You probably, 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 you know. But interesting. Aside from, I mean, honestly, aside from all of that, like. This is just, it, it, to me, I mean, yes, could this be the beginning of World War Three? but I just, I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to deal with it. Nah, it's not only that, but it, dude, people want to talk about it because their guy's the one oh, doing it. Oh, and dude, the, the people... And so now it's like smart because my guy's doing it. When the other guy was doing it, it was stupid and he was only going to get us in more trouble. People That's who, how this works no matter who's in charge. People who are using this as a justification or really even an argument against Trump, I think I feel like you're being very short-sighted on this. Um, what happened in Syria was obviously a very big deal. Chemical weapons are a huge deal, and and it's not like it's not like this is the only place in the world this is happening. Like the like 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 Darfur and like in Tibet and like there's human there's 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 human atrocities happening across the planet right now. This country and I guess most people in the world we pick and choose when we care about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and a big part of it is, is well, did the media show us kids dying? Right. And yes, we saw kids dying, and we all felt like they had to do something. If you see a picture now, it's a big deal, but. The reports have, I mean, dude, we've been doing this. This isn't, I mean, this is honestly, some would say and have said that this is just an extension of what was already happening. And that if Obama was still in office, he would have done this yesterday too. Yeah, Obama's certainly not the pussy that everyone, uh, you know, makes him out to be. Um, some of his wording wasn't always great. I remember, I, we did a story last year where America, like, was running out of bombs. They were dropping them so quick. Like, they had to, like, up production and, 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 and it was a big deal. So, I, 
I, I, I, this is a huge deal. I, I, I would, I would be a liar to say that it's not. Um, and I, I, I also think I'd be a liar to say that I fully understand it. And I wish more people would be able to do that because, like, you don't know what you're talking about. I saw so many people last night when I woke up this morning going through social media and they're sharing it and they're giving their hot takes on it. And it's like, guys, this is way too complicated for How you. How did it to start? Is what I want you, to right, be able to tell show me, me where Syria is on a map. Show me, show me where it is on a map. When somebody can tell me how it started, right? And they actually know. That's when I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll listen to what you have to say. It started in the Muslim spring in 2011 when the Civil War got it going. But, I mean, even even me as somebody who I feel like I'm interested in politics, I'm interested in world affairs. But, dude, I don't get this. It's too complicated. It's too heavy. And, dude, thank God I'm not on the news today, dude. Thank yeah. God. Like, thank God I'm just on an idiot morning show where it's like. <laughs> no, those talking heads on TV are begging oh. their producers. Write me something smart. Uh, Write me something really smart. Right. I can't look dumb. Right. Write me something really intelligent because dude those people don't know anything right and they're just getting information <laughs> they in don't know ear, anything they're reading off the prompter and just blah 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 and of course people on social media are like oh trump's the greatest president ever oh my god he's the worst president ever guys just let this let this happen it's part of the job screaming. it's part of what they have to do occasionally it is a big deal but ultimately why i would and i wasn't going to avoid it right but what i was going to do is like I, I, because again i have to be the guy who tells you kind of like what the truth is. Right. And the truth is, yeah, I know. You want to high-five him because you voted for him and now he's getting heavy with the weapons. But, dude, Obama did this and you claimed he didn't. And so, like, I have to say that and now everybody's going to hate me because you just hate Trump. No, I don't. I was the guy who told you early on in the campaign he had the best chance to win from that side. I don't hate him. I recognize who he is. There's there's a lot of complications, obviously, with the president of China being in town right now. I mean, that's obviously going to add things. Uh, what North Korea does about all this and how they feel like this is a a, a message to them will be interesting. And, and, yeah, and crank maybe, up a little REM. <laughs> End of the world. <laughs> maybe Eric Cubs. Maybe the biggest out of all is how how does Russia respond to this as the the uh, well backing, they say Putin's not happy as the backing force of the Assad regime of of what's going on in Syria right now. And they had you know military members. At the chem- at the chemical weapons manufacturing plant, no, no, he's pissed and right. So it's just, I mean, and for somebody who Trump, you know, two weeks ago was ah oh, Putin, he's he's an ally. He's you think America's so bad, and it's like, well, dude, you're gonna have to change your story now. At some point, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, I just I, I don't know why something that happens every single day right. is is now right. like what? Right. But now again, but, but but people want it because it's their guy who did it. You, I mean, everybody avoided it and ignored it. And honestly, the left was as guilty as trying to pretend he wasn't bombing everybody to make sure he had this, like, the view of, well, you know, he's really nice. He's really I, the nice one. You know, I, 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 well, I guess this is me talking as a, as a, as a common sense person on the left as opposed to the stereotype. But like, that's one of the things that I liked about Obama is like, yeah, dude, you need to be heavy handed when it comes to stuff like this. That's one of the reasons I love General Mattis is because like, yeah, dude, you need a badass taking care of situations like this. But with that being said, you have to look at the long term ramifications. You just can't start doing stuff and like, well, it worked in the moment and they called a winner and mission accomplished. We'll print out the banner and everything will be fine. And dude, you got to look down the field a little bit. Yeah, absolutely you do. All right, so there it is.
You know, people asked. There it is. Hot takes. You know Politics. What I mean? There was a little bit of me that was like, you know what? It's Friday. Can I, I just get it. to bongs and dildos? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's Friday. I've had a rough week. I had yeah. a personal situation yeah. going on with me all yeah. week in this building that I could not talk about. It was heavy handed. It was weighing on me. And I got through it the other day. And I feel much better on the other side. And I didn't want to be like, yeah, dude, nine-year-olds dying. Here's the photos of it. Like, I, I, I necessarily didn't want to do that. And again, what do I always say about this program? This is not a journalistic endeavor. No, it is not. <laughs> You've heard it. It's I, not. <laughs> this is not a journalistic endeavor. And so, therefore, we can absolutely be biased. We can absolutely be on one side of, of something or the other. Or we can choose to go, you know what? Not necessarily our thing today. I, this isn't CNN. I, you know what I mean? I will give you some politics. I will give you some world news. I will give you that. But I also, there are going to be days where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere near that. And it's not me running. It's not me avoiding. It's not me doing anything. I'm not Fox News. I'm not CNN. I'm not MSNBC. I don't owe that to you. What I owe you is an entertaining program. And I should talk about the things that you care about. I will grant you that. But this isn't the only thing you care about. It is one of the things, but it doesn't necessarily make it a necessity at that point. As there's a lot of feeling in my industry right now that guys who do what I do should run the opposite way of all of this and stay away from all of this as it's very polarizing and it makes people go, oh, well, now I hate you. Click. And there's always going to be that. There's always the turnoff factor on radio. That's part of my job. I got to get it. And that's why I only weigh in what people say so much. Because I gotta understand, at any given time, what what's important to you is not important to the guy driving in the car next right. to you at all. What the audience says, what the bosses say, what our guts say. I mean, I think all those things factor in. But you know, we we've said it a million times that this is just a balancing act for anybody in the broadcasting yes. industry. And I remember when Trump was elected, you and I both kind of gave each other the like, well, dude, we're going to have content for the next four years. This is going to be good for us in a way. And then it turned quickly into like, well, I don't even want to talk about it because it's going to turn bad for us. It is going to turn into like, well, nah, I'm never listening again. And oh my God, we're picking it up here. And like, because the sometimes- truth of the matter is this. Most people don't care about Syria. If we blew Syria off the map tomorrow, most of America would stand up, cheer, clap, and go, sure, whatever. America, that's what we do. We kick some ass. We'll put that boot in that ass. Just ask Toby. That's exactly what most people would do if we blew the hell out of Syria. That's what most people would do. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I mean, I should make you aware, although everybody is aware. It's trending all over Twitter where people go to pretend about they, they care about things. That's where everybody goes. Let's log on to Twitter, pretend I care about this, because, well, the news says I should. And like Fantown said, most people don't have any idea what's going on, including us. Just because you posted an article does not mean you're an expert in anything. Both sides there. Both sides. Both sides. Look, here's the reality of it, and Fantown, I know, is going to agree with me here. As... He is a card-carrying member of the Democratic Party. Indeed I am. But you would admit that the extremist on both sides is what's ruining the country. Oh, certainly. There's a... Uh, that the middle ground is where all of the logical, smart people lie. Yeah, you know, you, you want to push your issues, you want to push your agenda, but you got to pick your battles in life, man. And uh, yeah, common sense should win the day, I hope. We would hope so. We'll, we'll say goodbye you. to a legend. And get you hooked up with UFC watch party tickets, UFC 210 tomorrow night, Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. We'll do all that next on Rock 1069.
yesterday. Yeah, tell me how great I am. I like it. Without you, I didn't know what I was going to do there because, like, to be real, it's not like I got a lot of friends or anything like that. No, you're not social. So it was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, well, dude, who in the middle of the afternoon is going to be able to help me move this couch? And oh my God, dude, my girlfriend's going to be so pissed if I don't get this done. Yeah, I'll just do it. And your boy Stansberry, he uh, he got it done for me. Yeah, you bought a new couch, you did. And uh, yeah, the girlfriend, uh, she uh, she found a couch at Bargmax, and dude, it was a bargain to the max. Couldn't believe we spent the amount we did on it. It was so affordable. It was so worth the money. And I was sitting on it yesterday. My girlfriend's sitting on it yesterday. And I'm like, babe, it's a big couch right here. And she's like, yeah. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, it is. She's like, oh, you put that ottoman over here. And oh my gosh, you know what we could do? Uh-oh. And she says, Business time. She says, we could take a nap together. And I was like, oh, we totally can take a nap together. Look how big this couch is, babe. It's so comfortable. It's so so nice. And I kind of fell asleep on the couch watching Jeopardy or watching Wheel of Fortune. So no is the answer to the story. It's going to be a great sex couch. There's no question about it. I mean, it's got the right angles. The ottoman moves. It's huge. It's comfortable. But last night, dude, dude I... Did you get uh, a new piece of furniture and you night, christened? Dude, last night, I had the charge game the night before. Your boy was all tuckered out. And and, and I was watching Jeopard, our Wheel of Fortune. And Sissy. I was at Wheel, watching Wheel of Fortune. Sissy. And Pat Sajak's doing his thing, and I'm just nodding off. My girlfriend's like, we're going to bed. I'm like, yeah, we are going Big to bed. Big moment steps up. Fanto <laughs> cowers in the face of it. Everybody at Bargmax is, is, is now they feel let down. They sold you a, a stellar couch. They helped, they, they, you know, the, everybody at Bargmax, they, they thought they were going to help you smooth up in it. And Fantoed cowers in the face of adversity. I can't believe you. I didn't even try, dude. I was just like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Not this comfy couch. I fell asleep. You know, you need fell to sleep. You, you needed to do your best Jamie Lannister <laughs> last night. Go all Kingslayer on it. And no, you didn't. Nope. Sissy. Can't believe it. Sissy. Now on Monday, I'll come in and tell you how I botched my opportunity for sex. And Pinto will be like, Sissy! I had sex all weekend long. Good times there. Good times. Except for me. Just falling asleep watching. Honestly, when I put the couch in your living room yesterday, I was like, he's going to be so annoying about how much sex he had. Like, I thought today uh, that's all it was going to be was me having to rein you in, going, dude, you're not allowed to say that word or that that one or that word you're not allowed to say. There on the radio. Don't do that. (laughs) But no, you passed out early. Jeez. I kind of feel like I need to go all Clubber Lang and tell your girlfriend when you want to see what it's like being with a real man. You come down here. Not that has been you got up there. Statues and the like. I don't remember what else Clubber Lang said, but he basically said he wanted to bang Adrian. Lamar Sharp, uh, Fantone, had a full court bases loaded and still struck out. Full count, bases loaded. You know what was the problem, Lamar? He didn't have the frozen rope up the middle. That's no. what he didn't have. No. Couldn't muster it. Fats Ajax took all the... Did took Vanna the, White. Took the wind out of the sails there. All right. We do have some audio of a legend that we lost on Rickles, no longer with us. And, uh, you know, we don't over-sentimentalize when people die here on the program. We kind of get annoyed with that whole, I love this celebrity more than anything. But he was a legend. Do have a little audio, and we'll run that down for you next on Rock 106.9. Place their windshield wipers, and you got that busted-ass windshield wiper, and you can't see anything, and you're trying to drive while it's raining. Dude, it costs three bucks. Go get a new effing windshield wiper, and don't cause an accident, idiot.
Yeah. Listen yeah. to Fantone spend your money yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. Go to AutoZone, wherever the hell it is. Yeah. It's three bucks. Go get a new windshield wiper. Dude, where are you getting windshield wipers for three go bucks? Go to Mart, dude. They got things on the Mart. They got to go to Mart. I've never seen a windshield wiper for $3. The mecca of consumerism. We here at the Stansbury Show hate, hate, hate when people over-sentimentalize celebrity death. A, we all know you're lying. You weren't that big of a David Bowie fan. You hadn't listened to you know Stardust or whatever since you were like a kid. And but now it's like a big deal. And even if you're the biggest David Bowie fan on the face of the planet, the songs that matter to you already exist. Already, what David already recorded. What David Bowie is to you, what Prince is to you, what uh, you know whoever dead celebrity we're talking about is to you. Those things already exist and will continue to exist. Now, is it a tragedy for the family and the people that love the man? Of course it is. But you love the brand. You don't love the man. You don't. You don't Didn't know the you, man. Exactly. Exactly. So like, yes, it's sad. And you can you can say like, man, oh man, boy, Prince put out so many good songs. I'm going back and listening to him this weekend. But quit acting like this is the greatest goddamn tragedy of your life. Like two days ago was the anniversary of both Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley from Alice in Chains fame. Like lost their life both on the same day, just years apart. And I ended up going home that day, and we ended up talking about Alice in Chains, and I t- talked about a song from them that I love called Head Creeps. And sure enough, I went home and I listened to Head Creeps like three hundred times in a row. Sure, right, sure. And so, but like this over sentimentalized, like gone too soon. We miss you and the artistic. Like I'm a huge Kiss fan. If Gene Simmons, who's like seventy, falls over and dies tomorrow, I'm gonna. This is what my my process will be. Oh, that kind of sucks. Huge part of my childhood, but he already recorded Dr. Love. Yeah. He already recorded Deuce. Yeah. So guess what? Yeah. I don't really care. Do I want him to die? No. No. Am I on the sideline rooting for it? No. But there's been this thing now where if you don't go online and you don't express, you know, your sadness, that you're awful. And no, what makes you awful is lying about you being sad about it. Looking for those bonus points. Looking for, oh, look, at I'm such a good person because I care that that John Ritter died. Do you really care that John Ritter died? The reason why I won't go overboard online when Gene Simmons dies is because all of you are going to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm a real Gene Simmons, real Kiss fan. Rock and Roll All Night's the worst song they've ever recorded. That's how you know I'm a real Kiss fan. Is that what it is? It's because the song you all like, I hate and never want to hear again. I'm a real Kiss fan. And the problem with when celebrities die now is is everybody bloviates about how important and, oh my God, how instrumental this guy was in my life. That, like, real fans get drowned out. Yeah, for sure. And it makes a real fan go, you know what? I don't want to look like one of these dudes. No, right now. you don't know. You can make that argument at the concert, the exact same thing happened. Just play rock and roll all night. And Stansberry, you know, real Kiss fan doesn't, you know, maybe like, want sit behind you going, no, dude, play ladies in waiting because um, that's what I want. Now, I have to, I have to give my credit, or I have to give this credit to my girlfriend because she's the one who kind of came up with this. And I, I agree with it. And I guess this is, you know, a little bit of an apology for not banging it out last night. Sorry, sweetheart. So, uh, my girlfriend came up with yeah, the idea. You better get after it. <laughs> my girlfriend friend came up with the idea she's hot um, dude don't let her go that if 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 you can only have three celebrity deaths at most that you get to post about on social media oh. you get three you get three and that's the ones you can be upset about and that's the ones that you can be like you know this really is a loss okay. in my life here's the thing i don't want to answer this question on the spot like right this, because it's a big it. question right. and we'll obviously cover don rickles more than once today so here's what we're going to do 
At the end of the program, you and I will have our list of three. Okay. Okay? So three, I want you to, three current celebrities three that are alive. Three current celebrities okay. that are alive that if they were to die, we'd be like, oh my gosh. All right. Okay? All right. So we'll put some thought into this, and we'll end the program saying goodbye to you this, uh, you know, for the morning by giving you our list of three. There you you go. can submit yours, send them in, at Sainsbury Shows, the Twitter, that's how you do all that and whatever. But Don Rickles did die. And Don Rickles was 90, and that's another reason why I'm not going to be like, oh my oh, God. Too soon. 90-year-old people die every day. And, and let's be real. I mean, if I would have asked you two weeks ago, alive or dead, alive or dead, alive would or have dead, guessed. and I'd have been like Don Rickles, I'd have been like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, now, I love Don, right? Um, he, he's, been a, he's been a celebrity and a comedian the entire time I've been alive. I, I, I've never known a world without him. An iconic celebrity, or like right. a, a c- comedian. I mean, obviously there's bigger celebrity stars, but like when it comes to somebody who's up there being a funny man, yeah, the guy's an icon. And no question. he was amazing. It was a small role, but he was really good in Casino, like really good in that movie. We have a little highlight reel of Don Rickles. Let's take a listen to that. Great stars such as you, Bob Waugh, because you're old and washed up. But I tell you this, is he laughing? Dean, take a look. See if Bob's laughing. If he ain't laughing, show him a picture of Jack. Where were you stationed? All of them. Cherry Point, North Carolina. So is manure, but that don't make it a station. (laughs) What do you think he and I were doing? He was an ensign going, I wet my pants. And I was a seaman first place going, I don't like fighting. What do you think of our studios in Los Angeles? I think they're cheap and they should be painted. <laughs> Bad area, really. Well, I, I walked into the office, there's one big drape and a hundred people sitting at a desk going, uh, uh, they're all dazed, these people are dazed. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. President. Nice to see you, sir. And your lovely wife, Nancy. It's, it's a big treat for me to fly all the way from California to be here for this kind of money. Toy Story. I forgot about that. Yeah. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? Completely forgot he was in Toy Story. Completely forgot about that. So there's Don Rickles. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today and not to be like, oh, my God. But he was one of those comedians from when I was a kid that kind of like made me go, oh, I want to do that. I kind of want to do something along those lines. Right. He was one of those guys for me. But one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up is because social media is all over the passing of Don Rickles. Oh, my God. So sad. Oh, my God. It's the worst. But if the new Don Rickles came out today, social media would murder him as mean, racist, insensitive, insensitive, you know, all of these like buzzwords that everybody likes to fling at current comedians. Don Rickles made all of his money. All of his celebrity came from putting people down because back in the day, people could take it. People could take it. Now, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination like a Don Rickles fan or like I won't pretend to be uh, insult. Sure. But was uh, like was race a big part of it? Was sexism a big part of it? Was I mean, he definitely made jokes about women. He and now I don't know about race. Okay, but what I'm saying is today is that if Don Rickles was if, if there was a new comedian and it was an insult comic. You would hate him today. I heard that a lot yesterday, and I kind of like, well, what was he so controversial for? Like, where I can see George Carlin, it was it, there was controversy there. I just didn't... I didn't Don s- didn't have controversial takes, but I'm saying that style of propping yourself up by putting people down, like, he never told jokes. Like, if you've ever seen him live, all he did was rip on the audience. 
The audience today, have, the story would be on BuzzFeed. Audience walks out of performance. Performer goes crazy. Jokes about front row attendance. That's what the headline would be on Don Rickles today. So don't tell me about how sad you are to see him go. Because if you were truly sad about letting Don Rickles go, you would make the scenario where the new Don Rickles could come up from today's circuit. But you won't allow that because you have a keyboard in your pocket and you want to be in control. And Don Rickles was mean. He was mean. No, he wasn't. He was a world-class comedian, was brilliant, and made you laugh about uncomfortable things. And it was back when people could have a sense of humor about themselves. But now nobody can. You don't know the struggle I've been through in my life. You don't know how hard it was. The kids on the playground used to beat me up and take my lunch. Nobody should laugh, ever. That's who you are today. You're not a Don Rickles fan. You want a safe space. You do. Both sides. I'm not yelling at liberals. I'm yelling at both of you because you all want it. You all think it's great until somebody points it at you. Don Rickles would have been pointing it at you, which you would have bitched and moaned and cried about until somebody got social justice and got his Twitter account suspended because that's your win now. You can't handle Don Rickles today. He would never become what he became then. We expected that from greatness before. But we won't allow it today because we're pathetic. Turns out we're getting the super fight we want. I've been telling you for a while I think it would happen. But I think it's bad for both sides. We'll let you take a listen to what Dana White had to say and then get you hooked up with UFC 210 watch party tickets next on Rock 106. Headache for, for UFC. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's a fight that people do want to see. You know, it's intriguing, and obviously it, it's, it's a fight that Connor wants because financially it's, it's going to be massive for him. And McGregor is a guy, you know, he's a fighter that I have a lot of respect for. This guy has stepped up in, in times that people that were at his level would never step up. And I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. I'm the guy standing in the living room. I'm the guy on the phone, you know, when, when – when, uh, you know, these guys are looking down the barrel of, of a new opponent a week before the fight, and Conor McGregor doesn't flinch. This kid steps up. He'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. You know, a lot of people say it. Very few really mean it. Conor McGregor is, is I, I call him the unicorn, man. I've never dealt with a kid like this. So for him to have this opportunity to make this kind of money and, uh, you know, th- th- this type of a fight that, that people are so interested in worldwide, I almost feel like I have to make it. So let me sift through the BS Dana White just told you and tell you what's really happening there. Dana White has been accused of not taking up for his fighters, not being pro-fighter. Holding fighters down. So Dana White went on and said, I want this for Connor. I want Connor to make money. So all new US, UFC fighters go, oh, okay, this is where I want to fight. Meaning that he's exploiting UFC fighters, essentially? Yes. Okay. That's essentially, like, they feel like, you know, th- that the pay's unfair and that he doesn't care about the fighter. And you know what? The, the NFL doesn't care about the players. Yeah, the NBA doesn't sports. care about the player. Welcome to pro sports. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Exactly. Behind closed doors, Dana White, I believe, and this is just my opinion, hates this fight. Hates it. Because, excuse the pun here, but for the last five years, UFC has had boxing down for the count. And now what does this do? 
It breathes life back into boxing. It now makes boxing viable again. Most people, if I said to you right now, who is the current heavyweight champion? Uh, or like the current champions in boxing, nobody no would know. Idea. No nobody idea. Nobody would know. Even I could find now the my now the most of the public doesn't know the UFC fighter either, but I could find people who do know. I think this hurts the UFC. I think it hurts boxing. I think what it does is it, it honestly sheds a light that both of these things aren't as powerful as people like to tell you that they are. The UFC just sold for a ton of money and made Dana White filthy rich. And that was not done. That was not a cash deal. That was a, we're coming together, we're taking out a loan, going to do this thing. You have to make this money back. And this is part of the reason why they're going to make this money back. Now, as much as I say this fight isn't good for both sides, am I going to rent it? You're damn right I am. You're damn right I'm going to rent this fight, and that's why they're going to do it. It has nothing to do with you know competition and this and that. I will give Dana White credit here. He's right about Connor. I love the UFC. I'm a Nate Diaz guy, but you got to take your hat off to McGregor. He is the one thing is true. What Dana White said is true. That man will fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. Connor ain't running. Now, you know, you mentioned that, like, yeah, you're going to buy the fight. And, totally going to buy the fight. And, and, and all right, it's going to be so over in one minute, but I'm going to buy the fight. That certainly helps out Connor McGregor and his bottom line, and Floyd Mayweather and his bottom line. But is UFC going to make? Is this going to be a UFC oh, yeah. event? So. Like, the whole thing had to go... Like, Dana White holds Conor McGregor's fate in his hands. Like, you cannot get this fight without Dana White making money. So this will be so this will be a UFC-sanctioned event? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I is, wonder is, how they're gonna, going to do that. How are they going to brand it? How are that they going to present it? How are they going to do all these different things? Because if I'm McGregor and Diaz, or if I'm McGregor and, and Mayweather, <laughs> no, you know, we're making the money off of this. You know, I... I, I I I, I, I I understand, like I said at the beginning of this, you know, hey, everyone's going to talk about it. More people saying the name UFC and Conor McGregor, and that's brand expansion. But, dude, what happens? And after Conor McGregor lost to Nate Diaz, what happens when he gets knocked out by Floyd Mayweather? So there's the one celebrity or the one star you kind of had still popping off in the world of, of UFC and the and world of MMA. Out. And he gets knocked out and he gets beat for the second time in recent memory. You know what's going to happen there? UFCers are going to say this. Put Connor in the cage, or put Mayweather in the cage, and he never gets out alive. Of course, well, yeah. And so I don't think they care if Connor loses. Is my point. And really? here's the difference. Yeah, because really? dude, UFC is you fight long enough, you get knocked out. It's not boxing where you can be undefeated like Mayweather. I, I guess like me- those guys set fights and never fight the right guys, and they duck each other for ten. That's why boxing sucks. Everybody ducks each other for twenty years, and then when they're both fifty and they have to hold each other up against the ropes, then they fight. It's honestly that's why boxing sucks and has been pathetic for a long time. I, I I wonder if guys who are sitting on the fence of MMA like me, like I'm a passive okay. observer. I wonder, in a, you know, you take that general guy who might watch it, might not. I wonder if hearing Conor McGregor got his ass knocked out again. I wonder if, because to me that would be like, ah, dude, you know what? It's all just, you know, the biggest name in the brand just got right, just knocked, got knocked out. out again. Just got beat again. Boxing is the better sport. Look, I think Mayweather destroys him. If it's a boxing match, which that's what they're saying it's going to be, Mayweather is going to take him apart, and I bet it's not long. Right. And I hate to say this. It is fighting. It is a crossover fight. Dana White has said there will be no more crossover fights. This is the crossover fight. I mean, they're going to get together and orchestrate this like WWE, right? I mean, right? Because here's the thing. You're right. 
and Dana White knows that. He can't lose in the first round. You know what I mean? If he gets knocked out 30 seconds first round, although Mayweather's not a knockout artist. He is a very technical fighter, sweet science kind of fighter. He takes you apart, this and that. He's a card fighter. He doesn't knock people out. And so I don't know if he's going to knock McGregor out, but I think he will win a boxing match. Obviously, Conor McGregor can take a punch. There's no doubt about it. Right. But, like... I mean, I, mean, I would make the argument Nate Diaz hits harder than Mayweather. You you just have to you just have to factor in that like boxing is what this dude has been doing his entire life and fighting. And while, nobody's gotten close to beating. Him. Right, and while fighting, yes, is obviously a, a a sport where you need to be a badass, but it doesn't make you a boxer. I th- this fight is very interesting for me on another level too because I I well I don't hate Conor McGregor I hate Floyd Mayweather and I'm not a McGregor fan so right. I kind of want I kind of want them both, both to, to lose. lose. Um, do you think that, all right, so let's say the fight goes two rounds, three rounds, whatever. Um, Conor McGregor is getting his face punched in. Floyd, Mather, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather just landing blows on him. How hard is it going to be for a dude who is an MMA fighter not to go back to that, you know, uh, training, not to go back and sweep his legs or, you know, and, then go, you know and, and how hard is it going to be not to, to resort to what you do best? Well, one of the training videos did show him, ac- uh, you know, accidentally kick. Yeah, and it's like, you, know, you can't, can't do, do that. that. You'd be That's disqualified. It's going to be tough as a non-boxer to just spa- to just fight with your hands. Yeah, I mean, you're going against what you know. Right. You're going against what your training and, is. And once you start taking blows, you start getting punched in the head, and Floyd Mayweather's all over you. It's going to be really hard for you not to resort to that. Yeah, it will be. And like I said, McGregor's tough, man. Like he, I, he, he's not my favorite. I'm a Nate Diaz fan, but like. McGregor, like, dude, you hit him, and he just, I mean, he's got that tough Irish, fighting Irish thing in him. He does. Where he just, dude, he just, and I say this about Nate Diaz, too, because it's true of both of them. No matter how hard you hit him, they just keep coming. And so I think it'll be, I think Mayweather makes quick work of it, and I suspect that what we might have is a little, this is the way this needs to go. Everybody's going to get rich. Right. The American public's dumb. Right. Nobody will even think about it. We're all going to make money, and that's what they're going to do. And six months later, you guys can debut at the Royal Rumble. WWE will be glad and that's to take just it. you. We'll be I, glad to take you guys. Come th- on. That's why I don't think McGregor cares about his brand, is because I honestly think a deal with the WWE's already inked. I think Vince is already sitting there going, yep, you build your name up with that Mayweather fight, bro, and then come on down to me. Because again... The WWE kind of, you know, kind of needs a new version of stars right now. They do. Everybody's suffering star power right now because nobody can draw. Connor will draw. Flaymeather will draw. This will be a big thing. But I think it ultimately sets. I mean, dude, UFC had boxing knocked out. It was over. Golovkin. People can talk to me about all the, about that all you want. There's a reason why boxing's on Friday night at 1 a.m. on HBO because nobody's watching it. Nobody. And so this is a step backward for the UFC, other than money. I'm starting to think John Cena might come out with the Money in the Bank briefcase, steals the title. Be awesome. The one thing UFC had going for it is that it was real. It was authentic. And dudes walk out of and women walk out of their bloodied face and the whole thing. And you got that like visceral thing inside of you stirring. Boxing doesn't do that for you anymore. WWE doesn't do that because it's not real competition. The UFC is that's what they had. And now, what is it? Ten years into their into their brand? And they're already like at slapsticky? I worry about what the long-term effects for the UFC will be, though. But again, 
I can talk trash all I want, but book the fight and I'm buying it. Um, and just uh, something that you noted earlier, UFC sold for a ton of money, four billion dollars, which is obviously a ton of money. But yeah, but I'm that, gonna Star Wars again, right? Star Wars in Panera Bread, seven and a half billion for Panera Bread, four billion for UFC. That don't seem right. Yeah, Lucas got hustled on. on that, don't, that don't seem right. Lucas I, did get hustled. Like now I think he got hustled. He remained. I, I I think Lucas did hold on to some of like the merchandising, so so he's gonna make a ton of money. But yes, for the brand itself, that that does seem a little crazy. Both those dudes got hustled. UFC two ten watch party. <laughs> Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park, Saturday night, tomorrow night. You want in? Be caller 15 right now, 1-800-243-7625. We'll get you hooked up on those. And apparently, my generation, Gen Xers, starting to worry about retirement, and they got interesting ways they're going to do it. We'll pass those on to you next on Rock 106.9. I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna bet Dustin Johnson to win. Had to withdraw because he fell down steps. <laughs> I don't. Something's going on there that we don't know about. Um, I know that's what it feels like. And anytime something comical happens, like when Trevor Bauer cut his finger on the drone, you're like, oh my god! But like, gravity happens to the best of us. And you'd like to think, oh, a celebrity's never gonna fall down the steps and bust their ass. But how many times have you fell down the steps and busted your ass? Yeah, but I was drunk every time. <laughs> I've done it a million times, but hammered all of them. Now, I'm a little bit more clumsy than DJ. Yeah. You know probably, what I mean? Probably, probably a little bit more of a drinker Maybe than DJ, that. too. Yeah. So I started watching the Masters a little bit yesterday. Okay. And I'm not trying to knock anybody, okay. but ESPN is horrific. Like, they're just not good anymore. Okay. Like, they actually brought, like, the CBS crew over. So like, you got Nick Faldo, and you got, like, a you know, you got Jim Nance. So that part okay. was great. And I love SBP, Scott Van Pelt. I do. Like, I like his radio show. I will listen to Scott Van Pelt. I enjoy him. But when you get guys covering sports they don't know, and they and you can tell it's like my boss wants me to do this, and I'm going to pretend I really care about the Masters even though I don't, it's evident. I mean, it's totally evident. And they just... I mean, CBS now, most of the golf has switched over to NBC because that's who owns the golf channel now. And so, like, they, they've kind of, like, switched. And actually, NBC hired David Faraday away from CBS and, like, that whole thing. And, again, a golf broadcast without David Faraday can be very annoying. But for this, I, I think the second year in a row, Jordan Spieth now blew up at the Masters. He had a, he, dude, he hit nine on a hole yesterday. Nine! Jeez. I don't even golf, and I know that's bad. Nine is bad. Dude, I'm pretty sure it was the par five, and he hit nine on it. Good Lord. That's not good. Is that like a, a term? It's probably not even a term for that that's so bad, and, right? Yeah. Um, Quadruple bogey? Yeah. And so this is why my sport, golf, has problems. Is that the guy leading, and again, they may have already started to tee off this morning, so maybe some of this has changed. But at the end of day one, I haven't seen any of the leaderboards yet this morning. The guy leading as of the end of play yesterday was Charlie Hoffman. I watch golf every week. I don't care about Charlie Hoffman. That's why the sport struggles. Is that I like him. I know who he is, but I don't want him to win. Like, I would rather, like, a Spieth or a McElroy or Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, even John Rahm, who's, like, this new kid, would be great for the sport. Nobody cares if Charlie Hoffman goes wire to wire and wins it. Now, I don't think he will. He played amazing yesterday, shot seven under in those conditions, super windy. 
pretty good. But he will not put another three days together like that. And we may see somebody else emerge from the pack. But the problem is, is we can't get television eyes on the product because it's most of these guys are just faceless, nameless, don't matter. And when a star, Jordan Spieth, and see, golf doesn't work the way I don't think like NASCAR does. Like if a casual fan turns on a NASCAR race and like the biggest star in the sport crashes, now all of a sudden you want to watch it more. Oh my God, I saw a wreck. Where if one of the biggest sports and you know stars in the sport like shoots four over, I don't think people like view that as like, oh my god, he's falling apart. Let me watch this. Just like Conor McGregor getting knocked out, the exact same thing, dude. Where it's like, hey, you're, you're cheapening the brand there, dude. And I mean, it's 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 when you're a star, you've got that heavy expectation, and 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 when you fall apart, the the brand falls apart. It's true. It is true. So Gen Xers, yeah, that's me, yeah. Apparently, they're starting to like stare down the barrel of retirement. I thought you were just going to say stare down the barrel. Of the it's, God. it's depressing times Get here. Get it over with. All right. But apparently, they're starting to work on the retirement. Now, which, you should have been working on it before now. Which probably makes you want to chew on a gun even more. <laughs> right. Like, honestly, like, damn, I got I to gotta start figuring out I'm going to die. So they have tips here as like, and again, I'm in the Gen X crowd of what we should do. First is an easy one. Don't delay any further. Yes, absolutely. Start putting money away today. There's no time like the present for something for setting up your future. And no better investment than yourself. No question about it. And your future, the thing is, that's really hard for people who are struggling week to week, paycheck to paycheck to wrap their head around. It is. No, I, it, it is. to say, but very hard to practice. Smart to say, good to say, all that stuff. But yes, if you're not making enough money, it's going to be very, very difficult. Right. Right. This is all about, you know, how it will come down to how much money you make. I got to buy, buy groceries today. I got to pay the, life, or the, the electric bill today. Sorry, Sansbury. My kid wants to go to the movies. It's right. Friday. I, right. I, that, that, that's a $50 bill I got to give him. So they also say max out your 401k contributions, yeah. and you should. I don't know what your company matches. I think ours is something like 30% of what we put in. Our company does not. They no longer match. Our company does not. Last time, last time that I like talked to them and like asked seven them about billion iHeart Radio users and all yeah. this stuff, you guys can't match my four hundred one. Last time I talked to them, and that's why I was kind of like, uh, well, then I guess I'm not going to invest that much into it because it's it, when you don't match what they're when you don't get matched, it's like you're leaving the money on the table. If they're going to match you, then yeah, you should invest as much as you possibly can. Yeah. But when they're not matching, it's hard for me to say. Well, then yeah, you can take money out of my check. Another uh, retirement tip they're giving uh, my generation Gen X that you're here is is uh, consider switching jobs. They say Gen X. Is famous for living in the now. That approach to life even impacts the job choice. They say if you you know if you're in a job and you don't think you, you can start preparing for retirement there, find the job where you can. Again, easier yeah, said yeah. than done. Easier said than Especially done. Especially as if you're sitting there as a 45 year old man right now and you're looking on the barrel of retirement. Yeah, hey, go ahead and change careers, change jobs. That sounds that sounds insane. Yeah. I mean, you tell a guy forty-five years old to right. switch careers, right? Good I, luck finding a job. There's, and, and, and you know, this is definitely an American ideal of like, well, dude, I'm just glad I got the one I have in front of me, and to, and to take that away from me, yeah, I, that's going to be hard for a guy over the age of forty to do. They say have a flexible endpoint. Not only will it provide you with more years to save, it'll also provide more years to earn Social Security credit there. Okay. So, like, you know, you know, this is where I want to end, but I am flexible. If it has to be ten more years, it's ten more years. Right. Another thing they're telling Gen Xers to help them with retirement is move they say if you're spending 50 to 60 percent of your take-home pay on rent you're wasting your money okay you get nothing but the benefit of a roof over your head when you're renting Nora said consider moving to a location that will allow you to save more and this is one of those things that i am starting to look at is that i feel like my apartment for what i get is a pretty good deal okay 
And I have one of these situations where I live. I have a one bedroom apartment downtown Canton, but it's a pretty big one bedroom. I have a, I have one and a half baths. My living room's a, a nice size. My kitchen's a nice size. My more, bedroom is a nice. I have walk-in closets all over my apartment. I got size in a one bedroom. More than enough for one person. It's right. not like you're a family of three living there. You're one single Me, male. Even if there. I had to move a girlfriend in, yeah, totally big fine. enough for that. Once we fine. had a kid, it'd be like, all right, let's get out of here. Right. And so I have one of these things where I pay one thing and like all of my things are included except for like cable i have to pay that but like electric and heat and like all that stuff it's in my rent so my rent when i tell people what my rent is they're like whoa but i'm like yeah but dude i don't pay my utility like if if i wrote the utility checks it would equal this out to what the rent would be so that's why i took it also i have central air and a dishwasher and in a rental for a decent price those are hard to find but i started to like look at houses because you just moved Mm -hmm. And so I was actually asking Fantone yesterday about the finances of his. I said, dude, if you don't mm-hmm. want to tell me, don't tell me. And I won't announce it now. But he, like, he started walking me through how much you're paying for a house. And I was like, well, that still might equal out to be, even after you pay your utilities, might be less money than what I'm spending. And I'm starting to like look around for a proper, proper rental house for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I would encourage you to just based on the fact of there's something about living in a house versus living in an apartment. You just but feel alone. And that's I, important to I, me. I, I hate the argument of, of, well, you know, if you rent, you're only making your landlord rich and all you're doing is spending money. Now, all I do is make my boss rich, too. Obviously, if you're spending too much of your take-home pay on, on rent, yeah, that's going to be problematic. But there's benefit to renting, too. And the ideal of, like, oh, well, we'll just buy a home and, you know, you know, the picket fence. And it's like that American dream isn't necessarily a reality anymore. So people who are like, no, dude, what do you mean you're 33 and you haven't bought your house? I'm like, well, dude, I obviously, you know, have a different priority list. And people. Buying houses they shouldn't have bought is what got us here. Is that everybody in the country went and bought $350,000 houses on $17 an hour. That's why we're in this problem. Well, luckily, I just downloaded the app, and all you have to do is push the button, you get a mortgage. And boom, there you go. They say here, another huge tip to start retirement, start for the Gen Xers to start uh, you know, getting heading towards retirement, right. is develop a strategy, of course. And I talk about this book every time money and savings and retirement comes up. If you're struggling right now and you're like, how can I make this possible? I urge you. I read this book and it changed my financial life for the better. Read Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Again, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I'm going to say it twice because that's how much I believe in it. And I've said this before while talking about this book. If you're expecting easy answers, he doesn't give them to you. The first two chapters of his book are you being foolish and stupid with your money. Nobody underpaid you. It's not the man's fault. It's your fault. If you can take tough medicine, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey and his system he uses in there will help you save money. I've been doing it since starting here at Rock 106.9. I read the book before I got the job, and honestly, I was able to save more money than I ever thought I could in this short period of time. Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. He will help you fix your financial life. However, like I said, it's on you. Your boss doesn't underpay you. There's no shortcut. Well, Christmas made me spend this money. He will tell you that Christmas comes at the same time every year. If you get surprised by Christmas every year and you don't have the money for it, it's because you did not plan. And again, the book taught me one thing I will always preach to you. Having a budget is telling your money where to go versus wondering where it went. You want to retire? Read that book. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. For like three months just watching to see what was going on because I wanted to do it like right the first time. Right. Because I had had this 
Buzzman is just like a duct tape and a prayer at all times. And I was like, I do not want this. I need something that's solid. I'm stealing and, that. <laughs> duct tape and a prayer. And I need something that's like solid. And uh, so I sat there and watched for like three months. And then I was, I always told Heath he should do food because there's 15 other coffee shops in that town. Right. Something's got to distinguish, right. you know, separate you. Separate, yeah, sure. from the rest. So, um, so I went through and uh, looked into like what kind of food I could bring in. I, originally, I was going to do soups and bread. But I was like, I talked to the health department. Like the supermarket? Yeah, it just yeah. didn't seem like feasible. And then I was like, you know what I should do? I should do waffles because those waffles I make are like badass. And I was like, people would probably like them. So I, you know, hauled down like 10 waffle irons and did a couple food tastings. And people were like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're so delicious. Good. So um, so that that really is where the waffles came from. It was just a kind of like a calculated thing that, you know, with a lot of experience in making waffles for the kids. I was I, I always tell people we're talking to Mike from Buzzbin and Culture Coffee Company and the waffle thing uh, there and I always tell people that the next time I talk to you that I, that I'm going to put you on the hot seat about doing this and then I always forget oh, okay. every time you're here so I think maybe you and I should go into business together yeah, let's do it and dude why <laughs> is nobody selling burritos downtown that was uh that was well originally the kitchen for for um Buzzbin. Is called. It's supposed to be called Macho Nacho. Yeah, and so uh. it's tacos, nachos, burritos, all that stuff. Smart. But it is super expensive to get some to take something like to take a box and turn it into a kitchen. It's. I have the plans. I have all of it ready to go, but it's just so expensive, and I'm still paying off. Well, let's find another. <laughs> let's so. find another location. Let's honestly let's find another location. Well, I'll buy the building. Yeah, I'll get the financing for the building. I have another partner Build in Vegas out, who's very interested. Yeah. and let's sell burritos downtown. I'm down. I like it. Do it. First Friday is this evening. Now, uh, you being a proprietor of not one but two bars now, obviously First Friday big night for you guys. Yes. And yes. Um, you know, Fantone always says famously that what you, that what we like about First Friday is that you get twelve extra drinking holidays yeah, exactly. a year, which is totally <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's the theme of this month? And like, what's this going one on is um, kids at art. You know, First Friday technically takes place from four to nine, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a family um, based um, event. That's so I come out at nine thirty <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that, but you know, what happened was you know the nightlife kind of you know, took over, you know, people who come down without kids want to go see, go to the bars and hang out and things like that, go out to eat. And so, um, so like I said, the, the theme is kids at art and I'm sure they have a bunch of kids crafts and things like awesome. that. We have the maps in our, in culture and Buzzbin to tell you what's going on. But, um, that's, that's pretty much what goes on after that. We have bands and every, our whole block has bands yeah. and Oracle has dancing. And I mean, that's just, there's enough. First, to do down first there. Friday's a um, you know, it, it has reputation. You're right of being like the bar holiday, which it certainly is, mm-hmm. dude. At no point in the month is is is, is downtown Canton bars more happening than they are on First Friday. But you're right, there is a lot of family stuff, and if you just stay in, you just stay in one bar, you're gonna miss out on a lot of things. I can't tell you how many different times I've gone out somewhere and been like, oh my god, this art display, or oh my god, look at this chalk drawing, or all you know, this so so many cool different things. And uh, and luckily with that, you can take your beer outside with yeah. you now. Uh, the downtown outdoor refreshment area, um, right in the in the heart of the arts district. There, it's existed for about a year, and and when you can take beers out on the street, has that been a positive thing for downtown? Has that been a negative thing for downtown? Has that has that you know feel, you know as a business owner, how's that affected you know your business? And um, it's been awesome so far. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, right? it hasn't. It hasn't. Uh, we, I would say, well, when we were still in Little Busman. Before we did the expansion, it, which came it, out great, by the yeah, way. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, it raised business, I'd say, anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent. Oh my god! That was just wow. that was just um, 
over the summer ones. I mean, it was like immediate because people heard about it. It's so weird. You can walk around the street. It's awesome. You know, the immediate boom was crazy. But then as it leveled off, and I watch our numbers every single day, a solid like 15, 20 percent. It would. It oh, my numbers, God. Which Dude, I thought was pretty good. Right. If I knocked on business. <laughs> for sure. If I knocked door to door on businesses today and said this will increase your business 20 percent, nobody would say yeah. that. Even, yeah. e- even a year later when I go out, you know, I step out of Busman with a beer in my hand, it still feels like I'm going to get arrested. It still yeah. feels like somebody's going to tell me which not to do me that. Which makes me want to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that being said, you know, obviously a boost in business is good. But have you guys seen a boost in crime downtown? Nope. Has it been an issue? Nope. That was. And I was on the committee with all of those guys planning it and that was always in the forefront of what we were discussing and crime and trash and i haven't seen anything different whatsoever at all you know what one of the things they did really smart with dora was it's every day but they cap it at what is it like 11 o'clock at night midnight midnight, it's midnight which is kind of smart you know what i mean that way it's not three o'clock in the morning some dude stumbling home with a beer in his hand they cut it off at like the arts district like i can make it almost to my front door Mm -hmm. i have to like jump it in that last garbage can (laughs) right before but like it's big enough and i think they cut it off early enough to where you're not going to deal with like end of the night shutting down the bars right you know what i mean worth noting too and if you haven't been downtown to experience this this isn't just like you can bring a six pack of Bud Lights down there and start cracking them in the no, garden no, no, in, no, no, no. in the garage. Like you have to buy a beer or a, any alcohol, you know, drink from in one of the bars that are a part of this. You pay a dollar extra for the cup, and there's some sort of regulation. It's not like people are just walking around with fists of gin, you know, hammered in the streets. Not yet, right? And the thing is, and, and this is we only, can dream. They had like a three point plan, something like that. I don't know. I was in so many meetings. There is a there is a multi level plan to kind of help the revitalization of Canton. And the Dora was the first step. Yeah. There's other things. Like you guys mentioned Market Square earlier. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing that's another step in the right direction. And then there's one other thing. I don't know. Like I said, I'm at so many meetings and stuff like that. I hear all this stuff. But I, the stuff that I've heard, you know, the two things that were the big ones were the Dora and the Market Square. And then I'm sure there's some sort of event planning based around Market Square. Because that's – I'll just kind of segue into that because you guys were asking me what I thought about earlier. Sure. Which I think it's awesome. Why not? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money, sculpture. but it's already been earmarked. Yeah. It's not coming out of your pocket. Everything's yeah, going to be right. fine. Yeah, right. that money's already there. It's the, not yours. The, 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 like- <laughs> the renovations of downtown have been a hot topic of conversation in Canton, Ohio recently, just because it is such a hefty price tag. You hear anywhere from $9 million, $11 million, $12 million. What's the cost but, of not doing it? Right, yeah. and I was going to say, now is the time for bold action in Canton. It's nice to sit around and be like, well, we're just going to wait, and no, we can't. Like, If you want this town to get better, now's the time to yeah. act on it. Youngstown waited. And right. Yeah, so, right. Like, yeah. And, and, and Michigan so, waited. Right. I don't want that. And this is another reason why I always tip my cap to you a little bit, Mike, is because you had vision, and most people don't. You put your balls out on Cleveland (laughs) Avenue before it was cool. You know what I mean? And you like you you rolled the dice out there before it was cool, before it was the thing to do, and now it's kind of become the place where you want to be. And so you got in on the ground floor, and I'm happy about it. Now you got this huge music festival coming up right next weekend. Next weekend called Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep, is that Thursday, what it is? Friday, Saturday. So it's a, so it's a three day thing. You were uh, you're going to allow us to give away a couple of uh, three day passes. I want right. to get into this, but I'm up against the clock. Are you? Okay. Can you hang out a yeah, little I'm bit longer? Down, All right, we'll do. do more with Mike from Buzzbin next on Rock 1069. Six, <laughs> Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 1069. We'll get you hooked up with those Chris Rock tickets near the end of the program. A little while uh, left on that. He's playing State Theater April twentieth. We'll get you into that. Joined in studio now by Buzzbin Mike, proprietor of uh, Buzzbin, and also. Cultured Coffee and Waffle Company there. Pretty much everything good downtown. At Cultured Canton <laughs> is the is the Twitter handle for that. 
And sure enough, yeah, a lot of the audience is reaching out going, man, I've had those waffles a thousand times. They're so good. And that's where I was on St. Patrick's Day. They soaked up the booze really well yeah. and that whole thing. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, people do love the restaurant. But you got this awesome thing going on, not this weekend, but next right. weekend When's at Buzzin. out. And uh, I, I hear one of your kids named this festival yeah. Lots of Music Festival. Right, yeah. I was just looking for a name. I had it. I had someone booked, and I was like, man, we should make a festival out of this. I just don't know what the name is. I originally called it Nochella because it was like, instead of Coachella, oh, yeah. ah, you know, maybe like Punk Nochella or whatever. But And I was like, eh, I don't want to do that because it's getting to be too big. I don't want to just be like a takeoff of Coachella. So, sure. Um, so I don't know. She's just like, "Hey, why don't you just call it Lots of Music Festival?" I was like, "Dude, that is genius!" <laughs> Ran upstairs, design logo, poster, all that, and we've been pushing it ever since. Out of the mouth of babes, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes kids don't overthink yeah. it. Nope. You know what I mean? And they're just like, "This will work," yeah. and sure enough, it will work. Yeah, and my kids are awesome, dude. They're all so on board with everything that I do. It's cool. They're Obviously, like, they home. are, dude. They're the ones behind the waffles. They're the ones behind yeah. Lots of Music Festival, dude. I wish I was one of your yeah, kids. Just like to be honest. You know what? Send, next time, send them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time, maybe send them. Um, when it comes to the Lots of Music festival obviously there's going to be lots of music there yes. uh, who uh, so, who's playing what can we expect here's what's going on okay so we booked bands at Buzzbin, of course uh-huh. um for outdoors because we have an outdoor stage out back and george's and cultured um so thursday night okay so the way it started was i just had a friday saturday festival i had acoustic sure. hookah on friday and then i had andy d who's this awesome white throwback 80s rapper dude that has played Buzzman so many times, and he just kills it, and it's a party. So I was like, okay, we'll do like kind of hippie day on on Friday, party day on Saturday, and we got Paps and Jameson coming out on nice. Saturday um, with the like girls it. and all that stuff. And then out of the blue, here comes a dude from Green Jelly, and he's like, hey, I want to play your place. I've seen so many pictures of it, and that was like, that was cool. That is like, cool. Yeah, I was for like, sure. That is really really cool. So anyway, and he's like, I have August thirteenth open, and I was like, holy. I was like, yeah. oh, that's really crazy. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, that just happens to be the day before the fest. I was like, well, let's just do a three-day festival. So Smart. it was all young enough and at that time. So we have Green Jelly on Thursday night, uh, Acoustic Hookah on Friday night, and then Andy D on Saturday night. And you can get a three-day pass for $20 right now. Is that or right? It's, yeah. Or it's the, it's it's cheap to get in. These that's guys, a really yeah. good deal. Yeah. So uh, like pre-sale on them are like five to twelve dollars. It's there's all different kinds of ticket prices. You can go to buzzbinshop.com and pick up tickets or down at the bar. We have tickets. Down the website's buzzbinshop.com. So, yeah. Yep. And then we have uh, there's a whole bunch of bands. We have like 30, 40 bands coming through. So there's like the Intangibles, Stone and Beautiful, Clapper the Rapper. We have this. Oh yeah, yeah, we know him. Clapper oh, the Rapper. Yeah, we know him. Yeah. Clapper the Rapper uh, right there. Vampire Weekend at Bernie's. Okay, oh, all right, say, all right. I was, I was really like, wow, what a okay. get, burying the lead uh, yeah. there, yeah. Uh, Andy Powder, uh, this one being called Analytical Platypus, who's just, <laughs> like, the anti-band. They play, they go and set up, and they play with, like, a uh, this, like, N64 Mario Paint thing. It, it's pretty crazy to see. It sounds so, pretty crazy. And, yeah, and it, it's nuts. Anyway, so uh, this pinball tournament, we're going to try and do some yoga uh, on Saturday morning, and things happen. if it's nice out, and then um, we have an adult Easter egg hunt on Saturday as well. That's awesome. So you get all kinds of free stuff. I think the green home. jelly thing is cool. You know, I yeah. uh, I, I still bartend up at the Agora occasionally, yes. and we had them there not that long ago, and it did surprisingly well. Like dude. Dude, that's one of those bands that never really broke out, but their fans yeah. are insanely loyal yep. and will come out. That was a good book. Yeah, dude, those guys are awesome. And then I was just looking at. Uh, like the, the videos of them playing even now, and it's crazy. And they're still bringing all the like costumes and everything. The whole out. thing I didn't comes realize out. Realize all that was coming. Yeah, with it, I was 
I'm I'm thrilled. I'm I think that's going to be a it. very yeah. interesting view in, yep. in and that one's already like that one's going. I know it's I know I know those all three days are going to sell out. I know that. So um, and that one's already like sell a, out. Very, <laughs> like a low ticket. Like we don't have many tickets left for th- uh, for Thursday, but we're only doing a cover that day. So Is that right? You can either buy tickets online or do or pay at the door. Oh, great! Well, and three day passes for twenty bucks, dude. You're, 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 you're not you're not beating that. Yeah. Like, it's, one it's night impossible. is worth the twenty. I right. mean, and honestly, like you know, you said like Green Jelly plays up at the Agora. Well, it's probably twenty bucks for a ticket right there, right. and then you get two extra days worth of music on it. Um, you know, Mike, this seems like a uh, what do I want to say? This seems like an exciting time to be Buzzman and to yeah. and to be you in the sense of like, is this is this is this what we can expect in the future? Is more stuff like this, more bands that are nationally yeah, I mean, we have known. A humongous I mean, schedule coming through so um my i do the booking along with my buddy baker he he does booking for a lot of locals and stuff like that but just in in um april we have the lots of music festival and then the following weekend we have daikaiju oh really so awesome that is awesome then we have the chicago afrobeat project coming through these are all just like humongous bands that wouldn't ordinarily be in canton and and you know uh a, whatever five ten years ago yeah but that's what makes and, you cool and that's the thing is and then when you've got dudes from green jelly hitting you up saying i want yeah. to play your place dude that really yeah, is that a sign cool. of of things that are coming here i think one of the reputation you have one of the best compliments i've ever given buzzbin was this is that buzzbin to me being a clevelander who having moved down here is that buzzbin is canton's peabody's mm-hmm. and peabody's was a legendary performance bar it was cons- widely considered in the industry to That's be the flattering it, it was so, widely yeah. considered to be the midwest cbgb's right. that's what everybody called peabody's was the midwest cbgb's and when i came down here i was like oh cool i found my peabody's yeah. and that's kind of what you are and it's awesome and people are insanely loyal to shops like that and to, to clubs like that and why people were so loyal to that bar and to yours is you're the only one booking the bands they like. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, that's where they know to get it. And yeah, you're right. You continue to book things. And honestly, that you're, you're going to create this sense of loyalty from those people because they finally somebody's going to put their music that they want live yeah. in we, the bar. We, and we have, uh, we're getting ready to move some stuff around. My buddy Hyde's coming in uh, this weekend to help me like move some stuff around. Just to kind of, you know, when we first built out Buzzbin, it was. Um, I built it based off of how the old Buzzman was, where sure. you needed like we needed to fill in as many people as possible to make those shows look packed. Now we have the people coming down, which is awesome because I didn't, and, you know, when I yeah. first built it, we just kind of need like some more rooms. We yeah. need to reorganize. It came out great. Room. Yeah, thanks. It came so, out great. I love the art in there. Everything came out great. Uh, the best show, not the best show, one of my favorite shows we have coming through, and I hope I'm allowed to say this on air. Sure, is a band called Whores. Yeah. Yeah, coming through on the 16th, and dude, I went. If we to, can date him, you okay. can say it. <laughs> I went to uh, to see Red Fang in Detroit. I don't know, like a couple months ago, and uh, it was Red Fang, Torch, and Horrors. And dude, I'm telling you, Horrors came out, and I had never even heard of these guys before. And they came out, and I was just like, it's something else glued, yeah. to these guys. I was like, holy. I was like, sorry. That's fine. Holy crap. About yeah. my new favorite band. And I've been like addicted to that band ever since. So when um my buddy Bentley came through and he's like, Hey dude, those guys are playing Columbus. You see and then they have a night off, you see if you should get get them at Buzzman. I mean, I hit them up and they were just cool. They're like, Yeah, we'll come play. And so they're coming up there on the sixteenth. That show is that show's gonna sell out easily. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We one got Trop coming back. We got all all the regulars. Hank and Cupcakes are coming back. All those guys. Did you say Tropodelic? Tropodelic, yeah. They're, they're coming back. back? Yeah, they're coming oh, cool. back in July. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a big draw, um, yeah. too. And then um, 
I don't even know. I could look at those guys right stuck now. a sticker on my windshield of my car back in the day yes. at the Robin Hood in right. Kent. It took me like a week <laughs> to get that thing off like, my car. Yeah, those guys were they played there all the time. That's where I went was Kent. So. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I dated a girl that worked at the Robin Hood for a while. Yeah, yeah that was an interesting thing. The uh, oh, we also have kind of mentioned two other shows. Sure. Okay, we have Oakley Doakley coming through. Can't wait. Those guys, yeah, that's those the guys Simpsons all, yes. thing, right? Dude, I just saw those guys a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati with uh, Max Sabbath. Yeah, I, I wish I could get Max Sabbath. Ex- ex- explain what Oakley Doakley is. What Oakley Doakley is a Simpsons-based death metal band. So they dress like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Yeah. all their lyrics are Ned Flanders-based <laughs> uh, things that he said in the show. And they just get up there and rage, and they're jumping around all over the place. And then they're like, "All right, neighborinos." <laughs> and, uh, and then I have the unknown Henson coming through in July, which is that dude from the Squidbillies. And he's oh, okay, just, he's yeah, a yeah, nut, dude, he's a nut, and people freaking love him. So it, these it, are all like, I know there's plenty of bands out there and plenty of people listening right now who are like, "Who the hell? What are you guys even talking about in there?" But like, dude, come out and see one of these yeah. shows and see what it's all about, dude. That's the thing I'll it's say a party. about. That's the yeah. thing I'll say about yeah. Buzzman, dude. Is on any given night you can walk in there and you, who knows what you're walking oh, into. I walked. Yeah. In, I was in there t- to like two months ago. I think it was. It was on just a Friday night. I was pretty tired. I I, I, I turned around. I had a beer in my hand. I was like. Oh my god! I think this band might be good. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I was like, and then I, sure enough, I turned around. And I was like, oh my god, this band is good. Yeah. And like, I ended up talking to them after the show. I talked about them on the show the day after. It's like that can happen at Buzzbin, mm-hmm. where that doesn't always happen. Now, I opened the show this morning at 6 a.m. talking about how you were going to be here. Oh, nice. Okay? And I have information on a show that you have not announced. Oh, that's right. And I said I would, po- I w- I said I would prod you, and yes. you obviously have the right to say no because it's your, obviously, yeah. establishment. But I am very excited about a show coming to Buzzbin later this year. Yes. Are you willing to say it? Yes. We have another festival after this one. It's a metal fest. It's called the Hotter Than Hell Fest. Yes. And... Ringworms headline. Oh my yeah. god, I'm so excited! Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I yeah. absolutely love Ringworm. Dude. James is a friend of mine. I nice. dude, I'm so pumped for that yeah, show. Those guys are gonna be that awesome. band. <laughs> Ringworm totally rules. Yeah. They're so good. And it's gonna be in August when you know it's gonna be hot. Hot, just a bunch of yes. hot, sweaty metalheads crushing Budweiser. It's yeah. gonna be great. Love, 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 love yeah. it. I love when two friends come together to do something awesome, and especially for a community that I love. Mikey, thank yeah, you so much yeah, for coming by. We. Appreciate you having you, uh, and uh, we'll obviously have you in a little closer to Hotter Than Hell when you do that. And we're going to give away, let's do two three-day passes for the Lots of Music Festival next weekend at Busman. We'll take callers 15 and 16 at 1-800-243-7625. Again, that number is 1-800-243-7625, and more Stansberry Show right around the corner. Yeah, you know what you want two days after the best home run call maybe ever is a foot of... Oh, crazy, right? Welcome to Ohio. Crazy, right? Welcome to Ohio. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Podcasting at WRQK.com. This show's just about over. We have Chris Rock tickets. We'll give you those here in a second. Before we end the program, I do want to get into this. I saw this a couple of places this morning, but I didn't trust the links to where I saw it, so I avoided it. But now, this is being posted at ESPN.com. I'm reading this. LeVar Ball was in the Friday audio reel. You hear him say, I'm undefeated, never lost. That's Lonzo Ball's dad, the kid from UCLA, heading into uh, the NBA draft. Everybody seems to think he'll be either the second or third pick in that draft. And yet his dad talks about him like he's the best basketball player in the world, yet he's not hes not predicted to go number one in the well, draft. And let's be real about how many guys who have gone high in the draft and have ended up being awful. Anthony Bus, Bennett, yeah. a, a prime example. Yeah. Look what happened to Odin. Look what happened to... You know, yeah, I mean, the road is littered with right. dudes who didn't right. totally pan out for whatever reason. Right. 
right? So it's a little crazy how he talks about his kid. And, you know, when he first came out, there was a little bit of me that's like, well, dude, I can appreciate somebody who is going to be brash and somebody who's going to be outspoken and try to expand their brand. Because let's be real. I mean, Nancy Grace exists for a reason. Rush Limbaugh exists for a reason. These people exist because they put themselves out there hard. And I kind of like a parent putting pressure on their kid now. Sure. There's too much of this. Well, you know, I don't know if he can handle it. He's going to crack. And I don't know. Like, I kind of like putting pressure on your kids. Yes. At the same time, what I'll say about that is I like putting pressure on your kids, but I don't like putting crown on your kids because that's what this guy's doing by saying, by saying that, oh, he'll be, he'll be better than LeBron, better than Jordan, best basketball player ever. I mean, dude, you're putting a crown on your kid that he has not earned. LeVar is more famous than his son, which is that's part of the problem. I heard yesterday sure. LeVar plans on being his son's agent. That's a terrible idea for terrible Lonzo decision. Ball. Terrible Why don't decision. Why you make your wife the, now, <laughs> your agent? People, terrible decision. Now, people were telling LeBron James that who he decided to have his, his agent coming out uh, you know, into the NBA would have been a mistake, and that turned out okay. The exception to the rule. It yeah, is. Right? I mean, dude, we, we've said this before about LBJ. Is, dude, you take a kid a single, from a single family or a single parent family, and he wants to bring all of his boys with him, and you give him a billion dollars, anyone else is going to mess that up. LeBron was very much the exception. Yeah, that's very, it, that is the exception to the rule. And so I would tell Lonzo Ball, go get a real agent. Go get a yes. real agent. Yes. Right? Uh, there's a reason why those dudes take 20%. It's because they're worth it. There is a little bit of, and when it comes to the, the relationship between the father and son there, it seems like the son has a little bit more sense. In interviews I've seen with him, he doesn't seem to be his dad. Yeah, I don't think that's sense. I think that's scared. I think it's afraid to question okay. dad, okay. and I think it's like, no, because behind closed doors, he's going to rip my face off. Okay, And there are people who have made the argument... Jason Whitlock being one of them, that LeVar will emasculate his son in interviews. And that when you actually start to play the NBA game, dudes are going to be like, your daddy ain't out here on the court to help you here. This is a right. man's game. Right. And now all of a sudden, he's not preparing his son well enough. So this guy's just constantly saying wild things. And so I kind of ignore them because I kind of know what he's doing. He's just trying to yeah. get exposure for his kid or whatever. But he has come out now and said something that is like crazy. He is trying to get exposure for his kid, his other two kids who are, who are basketball players who are on the kind of upright but at this point, he is saying things so he gets attention. Exactly. He is saying things outlandishing so he gets now, a, a camera put on him. Has secured scholarships for the next two kids to both go to UCLA. So on some level of like, you know, pageant parent, he's kind of done a decent job at it. As right. he's got three scholarships for his kids all at a really good school, UCLA. Ask anybody else on the face of the planet with three kids, hey, would you wish you had three scholarships? Hell yeah, I would yes, say I that do. for three scholarships. I don't know how I'm going to pay for Kent State, let alone UCLA. Right. right? So he's come out and he was talking about the, you know, the tournament. And he says here, I told Lonzo, one of these games you might need to go 30 or 40 points. It turned out it was that game, the last game, the, the, the one that they lost there. He says, the one... Uh, the one then once they got to the Elite Eight, they're right there. But he's saying, he's saying before that, you know, he might have to go 30 or 40. And then this is the quote that I couldn't believe this morning when I saw it. I thought it was like this. I said to Fantone, I was like, this has to be fake. And then sure enough, we did a little bit more uh, research into it. And it turns out this is now I'm pulling from ESPN.com where LeVar Ball has said this. Realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow, LeVar Bull told. The Southern California News Group, presumably talking about the Bruins starters TJ Leaf, Bryce uh, Alford, and Thomas Welsh there. Now, I don't know who played for Gonzaga or UNC, but there were white dudes on those teams, right? I would assume so. 
I mean, at least one. I would assume it's so. Like a token I would somewhere. So. You know yeah, I mean, dude, token white dude. Dude, you would aff- you expect affirmative action. Yeah, there's got to be at least one white dude there, right? So I'm going to ask the question. Yeah. Are we not going to book LeVar Ball on TV shows because of the controversial racial thing he said the way we would if this was going the other way? Probably not. Probably not. Certainly should. Right. And that's my point, is that we won't do it the other way. Because it doesn't sound as bad the other way. As a matter of fact, can't win a championship with three white dudes playing basketball almost sounds like common sense, doesn't it? Like that, like you've, it's been kind of perpetrated that way for so long. It almost sounds like, oh, yeah, that might be accurate. Right, and so nobody's going to bat an eye at this. People are going to rush to put a cam- to put a camera and a microphone in this dude's face now. Rush to do it to to catch him saying the next thing. Where if you would have said, "Oh my God, dude!" If you would have said, "Well, you can't win a hockey tournament with three black dudes on the team," the world would come to a screeching. Halt. Now, there's plenty of people who are upset about this. There's plenty of people who are tweeting about this, mad about this. So, I, but I, we're not going to banish Levar Ball. I, 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 that I, won't happen. I, I, I would expect, and I would hope that ESPN will decide that, like, hey, we don't want to be associated with no this. No way. Will never happen. He moves the needle, and you know, and I guess there's going to be a little bit of that where it's like, well, you as a as a broadcaster. Where what's most important to you? You having your 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 ratings or you having your morals? The ratings. That's that that's what's most important so to the network. As we continue to pay attention to this guy, as we continue to give him some sort of clout, is the easiest thing. You know what I mean? Like as we as a society, I'm not saying you and I, but as we continue to pay, sh- show, so should we just ignore this or should, you know? I, what I'm saying is, is that we would banish somebody saying this the other way. It would be how awful it was, and there'd be ten thousand Slate articles about the things that you're secretly doing that are racist. We'd have to read that a thousand times over. LeVar Ball says this. Nobody cares. I mean, this is a headline on ESPN, so somebody cares. Again, I think it's a headline on ESPN because they know you'll read it. I don't think that that is indicative of people caring. And if they really, I'm telling you, people are going to rush to put this dude in front of a camera now. Where if a white father had said this about his son and then said it about African-American athletes on that team, you're going to hear about white privilege for six months. But you won't hear this the other way. There are double standards in life. And I'm not even so sure that they're necessarily that wrong. Because like I said, when he said it, when I read it, I was like, well, that might be kind of true, right? Like, that might be true. Maybe it's true. But we don't like truth even if it's, I mean, we don't like truth when it's uncomfortable. Now, I'm not sure what he said is 100% accurate. I think you could probably do all right. Especially since, I mean, the competition's not what it is in, like, pro leagues and stuff like that. So, like, I think what he said is probably ultimately crazy. But there is a double standard where now we're going to give this guy all the shows in the world to explain himself and what he said. Where the other dude, the other way, just has to go away. And we have to, I have to read about my white privilege for six months on Twitter because Slate needs to fill inches. It, there's double standards in life. It's kind of crazy. It's just crazy. And, and honestly, this guy needs to shut up before he starts to ruin his kid's career. Like, because that's what's going on. You're not in the pros yet. You're not there yet. You're probably going to get drafted. But if your dad continues to do this, all of a sudden, man, your, your draft stock, all this stuff, dude, it's all going to be negatively affected. I would be shutting my dad up right now. Now, but the kid can't do it because the dad's actually the one in charge, and the kid's so scared to death to say anything to him. I watched him on the herd, and he just sat there on his hands and just like was glaring over at his dad's out of his eyes. And it's like you could tell it's like he's like afraid, like something's wrong there. Like I said, I like putting pressure on your kid, but there is a line. We have Chris Rock tickets. He's playing the State Theater April twentieth. Let's send you to that. We'll take caller twenty one eight hundred two four three seven six two five. Aside from that, we're done for the week. Be back at it Monday morning live at six a.m. on Rock one zero six nine. Have a great weekend. See you.